Would you join me in Joshua chapter 12? Would you stand as we read from Joshua chapter 12? I'm going to read into our hearing all of the chapter, verses 1 through 24. Here's what it says. Now these are the kings of the land whom the people of Israel defeated and took possession of their land beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise, from the valley of the Arnon to, the Mount, to Mount Hermon, with all the Arabah eastward, Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon and ruled from Aurora, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, and from the middle of the valley as far as the river Jabbok, the boundary of the Ammonites, that is, half of Gilead, and the Arabah to the Sea of Kinnereth, eastward, and in the direction of Beth-Jeshemoth, Beth to the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, southward to the foot of the slopes of Pisgah, and Og, king of Bashan, one of the remnant of the Rephaim, who lived at Ashtaroth, and at Edrei, and ruled over Mount Hermon, and Salakai, and all Bashan, to the boundary of the Gersherites and the Maacathites, and over the half of Gilead to the boundary of Sihon, king of Heshbon. Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the people of Israel defeated them. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave their land for a possession to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And these are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the people of Israel defeated on the west side of the Jordan. From Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak that rises towards Seir. And Joshua gave their land to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their allotments. In the hill country, in the lowland, in the Arabah, in the slopes, in the wilderness, and in the Negev. The land of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Havites, and the Jebusites. The king of Jericho won. The king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, won. The king of Jerusalem, won. The king of Hebron, won. The king of Jarmuth, won. The king of Lachish, won. The king of Eglon, won. The king of Gezer, won. The king of Debir, won. The king of Geder, won. The king of Homa, won. The king of Arad, won. The king of Libna, won. The king of Bedulam, won. The king of Makeda, one, the king of Bethel, one, the king of Tapua, one, the king of Hefer, one, the king of Aphek, one, the king of Lesharon, one, the king of Madon, one, the king of Hazor, one, the king of Shimron Meron, one, the king of Exaph, one, the king of Tanakh, one, the king of Megiddo, one, the king of Kedesh, one, the king of Jokneam in, Car in Carmel, one, the king of Dor, in Naphath Dor, one, the king of Goim, in Galilee, one, the king of Tirzah, one, in all 31 kings. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> in his presence. <laughs> Thought somebody was going to read for me today. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, 
After, after uh, reading this passage, it's possible, it's even plausible that a question has arisen in your mind, especially if maybe it was your first time reading this passage. You might be asking this question, why is chapter 12 in the Bible? I mean, why is chapter, seems to serve no purpose. Seems like this would have been a good time for us to skip a chapter. But the reality is that it's there and it's necessary because every now and then a recount is required. Every now and then, so that our chronic case of TSSA can be effectively treated. Now, I know you're asking, I hear you, what in the world is TSSA? Well, it's a disease that I created in my mind and gave a name for it. I didn't create it in my mind, the name for it. I created in my mind. I mean, you know, I, I, I have the background. I can do that. I can create names of diseases. I've done it before. I don't know if it's right, but, uh, but, I, but anyway, let me tell you what. Temporary sporadic selective amnesia. I just came up with that. I don't know. That's probably not in anybody's scientific book or biology book or medical studies or anywhere. I just created it because it sounded appropriate. That we need treatment for this disease, this chronic disease that we often suffer through. TSSA, temporary sporadic selective amnesia. We all, this is Honest Sunday. Y'all start saying, now, every Sunday is Honest Sunday. Well, that's right. Every Sunday. All of us suffer from time to time from this disease. So the writer of Joshua likely includes chapter 12 so that the readers, including us, can see the record of God's goodness. So that we can see the record of God's goodness. So that's what I like to talk about today, recounting God's goodness, recounting God's goodness. Life from time to time demands a recount from time to time as we as we deal with life it demands a recount demands whether we do it or not it demands that we pause and recount the goodness of God it's what David writes about in Psalm 9 verses 1 and 2 when he says this I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Every now and then, life requires, demands a recount. As far as the biblical record is concerned, if we trace it back to the very beginning, 
we have seen God's goodness on display from the creation account in Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the close of the Pentateuch in Deuteronomy chapter 34 and through the first 11 chapters of Joshua. We've seen God's goodness on display. So then, as we arrive here in chapter 12, what we get is a recounting of God's impeccable record in at least three areas. These seemingly monotonous and tedious verses remind us that, number one, God is fighting your battle. God is fighting your back. We see it in the text. If we look at it, it reminds us in these tedious, monotonous, seemingly meaningless verses, we see it there. God is fighting your and my and their battles. You recall that chapters 10 and 11 of Joshua told of the conquest of the south and the north, respectively. And each chapter, you remember, closed with a summary of successes. Now that the conquest is complete, chapter 12 gives a summary of the whole enterprise, the complete and exhaustive list of those defeated by God's sovereignty and through Moses's and Joshua's obedience. Let me say that one more time, by God's sovereignty, but through Moses' and Joshua's obedience. You do know that even in spite of God's sovereignty, all of us have the R word, responsibility. Thank you, Nona. All of us have responsibility, and we see God in action moving through the obedience of his people. In verses 1 through 6 of chapter 12, we get the account of the conquest of the two mighty kings in the east, Sihon and Og, under Moses. Moses defeats them through the power of God. We, we find the record of this uh, uh, victory, this conquest uh, of these victories in Numbers chapter 21, verses 21 to 35. I'm not going to read it for you. Just make note of it and go back there and look at what happened when Moses defeats these two powerful, mighty kings through the power of God. Verses 7 through 24 of Joshua chapter 12 focuses on the conquest of the people under Joshua in the territory west of the Jordan. Once they get into Canaan land, we see that. In verse 8, we're told the broad names, broad names of the people groups that were conquered. Verse 8 talks about the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Havites, and the Jebusites. But in the verses that follow, we're given an inventory of the conquest in detail. There are 31 kings and all listed there. This, by the way, is the only place that you'll get all 31 kings' names listed. I believe if you go back, you'll find about 15 of them, but there are 16 additional ones listed in chapter 12. It is just an opportunity to look at the detail by which God overthrew these nations and names them 
one by one. Uh, the stories of these conquests are told in chapters 6 through 11. We've already looked at that. Uh, when the list would have been reviewed by the people in Joshua's day, they, they, would have had, they would have had to have been greatly amazed to hear this list. Everything that God said he would give them had been wonderfully given to them. And it was clearly all his doing. He did it. They would have been amazed. We're not that amazed, maybe, because we're not familiar with the names of those places and where they are. But the people in Joshua's day, as they would have heard those names, they could relate and recognize exactly where those places were and exactly how powerful those kings and those kingdoms might have been. And they, I believe, would have stood in amazement at the power of God. It was a lesson for them, a lesson in how when they had learned to trust God and allow him to be their leader and mighty defender, when they did that when they did as God had commanded and went forth in his power to do as he told them to do, he fought their battles for them. He fought for them when they obeyed. He had indeed fought their battles for them uh, and given them complete, total victory that God will fight our battles. It means something. You do, you do know he, 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 he will fight your battles. You don't have a Sihon or an Og or any of those other 31 names that I struggle to read to you. But we have battles. Battles, it means when God fights our battles, it means this, that when we face challenges in life, when we face obstacles in life, when we face tribulations in life, when life throws us a right hook and an uppercut, and God forbid a combination. Anybody ever got, got a combination? Uh, I mean, you get hit one way and then look, turn around, get hit the other way. You get up off the carpet and you get hit and knock back down again. That's a combination. Uh, when, when, when that happens, we don't have to anguish. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be discouraged when bad things happen in our lives, when it seems a situation is hopeless or the matter at hand is too overwhelming for us. We may be tempted to doubt God. But as Christians, we must remember that no problem is beyond the scope of God's sovereign care for his children. He has promised to take care of us. You know he's promised that, don't you? Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. He promised to take care of us, to make good plans for us, Jeremiah 29 and 11, and to love us beyond measure, Romans chapter 8, my favorite chapter in all the Bible. At the end, it says this, know in all these things, Hello, somebody. We are more, not just, but more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am sure, King James says, for I am persuaded. <laughs> I love it. I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels or rulers nor present things or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else, nor any creature will be able to separate me 
from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Because he fights for me. He fights my battles. Uh, I like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, when he says this, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, because my God fights for me. Isaiah helps us a little bit with this one. He says this in 43, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, anybody ever walk through fire? When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Hmm. Because our God fights our battles for us. So chapter 12 is there to remind us that God is fighting our battles. But also is there to remind us that God is fulfilling his promises. He's fulfilling his promises. Uh, uh, The point of all of the geographical detail in chapter 12 is to serve as the demonstration that the Lord has been faithful to his promise, right down to every last village or town or every last border, passing atop this hill over here and descending through that valley over there. He has been true. The reason why chapter 12 gives, gives us such geographical detail, so that the reader can be reminded of what God promised as it relates to the land and the overthrowing and conquering of the kingdoms. God had made these promises to his people that this would be their land. You remember he made that promise. And when they trusted him, he proved faithful in every way. You recall that he promised the land in his covenant with Abraham when he called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Can I read the passage for you? Here's what it says, beginning in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, he was Abram then, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot with with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran and Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions they that had that, that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land, but here it is. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord. So he appeared who who had appeared to him. He promised way back in Genesis 12 that what has come to pass in, in, in Joshua 12 would come to pass. Then in Joshua 1, 
3 and 6, he reaffirmed that he would give success in the conquest. Here's what he says. I can take you back to chapter 1. He says this to Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. Be strong, he says, and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Chapter 12 is here to remind us if God is faithful to his promise, he keeps his promises. Every day, day after day, you and I are consuming vast quantities of the Lord's goodness. Somebody else say amen. amen. Promise after promise is being fulfilled in some way every day that we live in this world. Some way we're benefiting from the promises of God. And I, I, I hear some of y'all saying, I, I, I really can't think of any. If that's you, can I help you a little bit? Uh, uh, what about this one? And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. What about this one? He who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What about this one? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What about that one? What about this one? If you confess uh, your, your, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Is, is, any, is any of this hitting home? What about this one? It will be a God. I will be a God to you and to your children after you. What about this one? He who honors me, I will honor. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you ask for anything in my name, it shall be done for you. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. You have any trouble remembering God's promises that you experience every day? Just go through that list, and if you need some more, see me at the church. I can give you some more, because there are many promises that we are allowed to benefit from every day that we are alive. And chapter 12 is a reminder that God does that. So many uh, other exceeding great precious promises like the ones that we just, if we would pause from time to time for a recount, we would realize how many of those promises are fulfilled in our lives every day. But we oftentimes, unfortunately, remain crippled by aura, or T rather, I forgot my own title. <laughs> it could be an R or two, <laughs> but we're going to call it T. <laughs> we remain crippled, Brother Daniel, from TSSA. <laughs> Temporary sporadic, selective amnesia because we fail to recount. We must train ourselves to constantly acknowledge the victories of God in our own lives. Don't overlook even the small victories. I mean, the big ones stick with us a while. What about the small ones? 
Did you thank the Lord for touching you bright early this morning with his finger of love? You know, the old folks, you say, uh, he touched me bright early. I'm so glad the Lord, Lord woke me this morning from my sleep and my slumber. I'm so glad that my bed, y'all heard this before, what my cooling board. I didn't even know what a cooling board was till I sat down and talked to my grandfather one day. And he said, yeah, we used to do, we used to, we used to tend to our relatives who had passed away in the backyard. And they lay them out on a cooling board. And we'd have to do all the work. That's a cooling. It means that when you were laying in your bed last night, it could have been your last night. Yeah. Did you thank him for blessing you to, and starting you on your way? Here's another thing they used to say, with a reasonable portion. But they didn't say it like that. They said, with a reasonable portion of my health and strength. Y'all heard that before. If you didn't see me at the church, I got some more for you. God gives us victories. We have to pause and recount those victories. We have to train ourselves to think about what God has done. So we see in chapter 12, God is fighting our battles. God is fulfilling his promises. And lastly, God is always faithful. Uh, God is always faithful. This chapter reminds us God is always faithful in every generation. Every generation experiences its own unique struggles. Likewise, every generation experiences the Lord's successes and his superiority. Every generation. Chapter 12 helps us to see that. God saved and delivered Moses' generation. God saved and delivered Joshua's generation. In the next generation in Judges, when they went their own way, God saved and delivered them. Uh, all throughout Scripture, we see that God saved and delivered his people from various things. And in 2023, God's still doing the same thing. He is faithful always, even in our. Can I get just one amen? amen. Somebody tell about the goodness, the redeemed of the Lord ought to say so. Tell of the goodness of God in our generation. He is faithful even now because he's always, there's never been a time when God hadn't been faithful. Never been a time when he's always faithful. This is what the psalmist is talking about in Psalm 136, where he takes us back to the very beginning and walks us through God's enduring love and faithfulness and reminds us what our response ought to be. Can I share it with you? Let's walk through this psalm. Would you walk through it with me? Psalm 136, it begins this way. I give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Here's what you ought to do. Give thanks to the Lord to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his great, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him 
who by understanding made the heavens from the beginning. We're going back to the beginning. For his steadfast love endures forever to him who spread out the earth above the waters. For his steadfast love endures forever to him who made great lights. Let there be light, he said. And there was light for his steadfast love endures forever to the sun to rule over the day for his steadfast love endures forever the moon and the stars to rule over the night for his steadfast love endures forever to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt for his steadfast love endures forever and brought Israel out from among them for his steadfast love endures forever to him who divided the Red Sea in two for his steadfast love endures forever and made Israel pass through the midst of it for his steadfast love endures forever, but overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. For his steadfast love endures to him who led his people through the wilderness. To him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites. And our king of Bashan. And gave their land as a heritage. Heritage to Israel, his servant. It is he who remembered us in our low estate. And rescued us from our foes. He who gives food to all flesh. Here's what we ought to do. Give thanks to the God of heaven. My God. My God. My God. It never ends. It endures forever. You ought to demand a recount. When you feel that a thankful heart is just out of reach, sit and think on the goodness of God. Recount and recall all of it the way he drew you out and cleaned you up. My life, my life, my life is so full of his wonderful deeds. And I don't ever want to forget what God has done for me. Lord, we love you and we thank you because your steadfast love endures forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We would love to extend invitation. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, we would invite you to come to know him here and now, right now today, for another second passage. You have the opportunity. We love pray with you, lead you to that relationship. If you'd like us to, if that's you, let us know. You can stand, you can grab one of us after church, or you can do it yourself. But we just encourage you to make sure that it gets done. And then secondly, if you've been visiting with us here at Hope and you the Lord has led you to decide in your heart that you'd like to unite with us 
to make Hope your church home. We want to extend that invitation as well. Uh, let one of us know. We can walk you through that process. Uh, so grab us, let us know, or stand now. Either way, uh, and let us know. Either one of those two, I always have to say, can be done away from here. Uh, the second one can be done online. The first one you can't, unfortunately, do online. <laughs> That's one thing you can't do. You can't go online and talk to Jesus. But you can fall on your knees and stretch forth your arms and say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. There's no other help I know. You can do that anywhere. So with that, I want to recognize that there's no one for either of those two. Anyone? I want to rush through that. Uh, Then I want to recognize any first-time guests that we have with us today. If you are a first-time guest, would you be so kind as to stand and then just remain standing briefly? because we'd love for you to introduce yourself to us and let us know what led you to be with us today, whether someone invited you or you saw us online or you just wandered by and came in. Either way, just let us know the Lord, how the Lord led you to be with us. Uh, KB is coming with the microphone. He's going to start right here in the front. Go ahead. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, you, you, said, you said your name, Shana Mashana. All right, welcome, Mashana. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah, we got. All right. All right. Thank you, Mashana. Thank you for being with us. Yes, sir. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. All of our visit, our guests. Oh, one more. I'm sorry. Good morning. Morning. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That would never happen. Uh, so I got to tell her when I get home yeah, that she uh, was right. they had me stand up and tell uh, uh, where I'm from. So um, I just moved here in November, and Candace invited me, and I'm so glad that uh, the Lord woke me up this morning, that I was feeling better, and I was able to make it. So just uh, I felt very welcome. Thank you. Well, welcome. Welcome. Uh, we are, am I forgetting anyone? Uh, we, are, we are honored and excited and overjoyed that uh, however the Lord led you to be here, that you made your way to Bethel Hope this morning. And uh, we pray that something was said or done that would encourage you uh, in your uh, journey. And uh, we pray that if so led by the Lord, that you would know that you're welcome to come back and be with us again at any time. We'll be praying for you. Our greeters have uh, a card they'd like to give you, if you hadn't already got it, uh, to fill out so that we can stay in touch with you and you can be praying for us as we pray for you. And then there's a special gift that we have for each of you that you can take home with you to remember us by. Uh, so hopefully it won't be the last time that we see you. We welcome you to come back and be with us again. With that, 
Am I forgetting anything? Y'all know y'all have to remind me sometimes. I'm good? All right. Well, <laughs> just remember to recount the goodness of God. Count the goodness of God. Uh, I want to pray and give us, offer this benediction. But something is just telling me I need to say something else about my boat. No, I've been my boys today. I better leave that out. That's not, that ain't got nothing to do with church. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's hard. I'm, I'm trying. Get, get back down in there. Get, don't you come out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got, I, got a, I got another kind of disease. Not the one I talk, not the TSSA. I got, yeah, I got the DC, DC4L disease. Y'all don't know what that is? Come see me at the church. <laughs> All I can say is, you know where I'll be at 530. I'm going to leave it at that. Amen. Let's pray. Eternal God, we are so thankful for who you are. Thank you, Lord. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling, present us faultless before his presence with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, now and forever. Would you say together with me, amen. 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 You're dismissed. Since we're dismissed, I can say this. Go, Cowboys. <laughs>